0: the Bible, and is brought to you by Christian people who believe the Bible to be the Word of God and who appreciate its power and authority. At the heart of our ministry is the desire to help you appreciate and rejoice in the riches of God's grace to us in Christ. That's why we call this program The Riches of Grace. We're happy you've tuned our way today and trust that our time together will prove a real blessing as we continue with a series of studies designed to help you understand and enjoy the Bible. My name is Alex Kurz, and it's my privilege to invite you to join us as Richard Jordan, president of Grace School of the Bible, brings us
1: another message from the Word of God. Thank you, Alex, and it's certainly good to be on the air, my friends, with the wonderful message of the wonderful grace of God. And have this opportunity to invite you once again to join us as we study together in God's Word. We're going to continue our study in the issue of forgiveness, and we've seen how greatly blessed we are as as members of the body of Christ and as uh, uh, part of the family of God as believers in the Lord Jesus Christ, to be blessed. We've been looking at the book of Colossians, by the way, uh, as we've uh, seen that in the book of Colossians, the apostle Paul has uh, actually has more to say about forgiveness than he does in in any of his epistles. This is a wonderful book. And we've seen how that he's he's blessed us and forgiven us, uh, that we've been forgiven uh, in whom we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins according to the riches of his grace. That's wonderful, isn't it? We've seen that he's forgiven us all of our trespasses, chapter 2, verse 13 says. And in chapter 3, verse 13, uh, we've been looking at the last few times as we've studied together where Paul says, forbearing one another and forgiving one another, even as God, uh, I'm sorry, forbear, <laughs> I'm, I'm almost quoting Ephesians uh, chapter 4, verse 32, which isn't the verse we're looking at, uh, Colossians three, thirteen, forbearing one another and forgiving one another. If any man have a quarrel against any, even as Christ forgave you, so also do ye. Uh, The doctrine of forgiveness, we're to understand uh, our forgiveness as Christ has forgiven you. We need to understand how Christ has forgiven us. And that's why we spent several weeks looking at the free, unconditional forgiveness that God gives us in Christ by his grace for his glory. Not based on our performance, not based on our activity, not based on how good we are, how much we confess, or how much we pray, or how much we promise not to do it again. But rather based upon the cross work of the Lord Jesus Christ. As God uh, has forgiven us, um, as Christ forgave you, so also do ye. We're to keep in our minds uh, how Christ has forgiven us. And then let that renewed mind... Uh, Let that knowledge, let that doctrine renew our minds so that it will transform the way we live with other people, with one another, with our spouses, with our children, with the people on the job, the friends in the neighborhood, the enemies in our neighborhood, with other brothers and sisters and our local assembly and members of the body of Christ. When you realize how greatly you've been forgiven... How could you hold a grudge against someone else? How could you not forgive what others have done to you? When I sit and think about how much God, for Christ's sake, has forgiven me, and he did it freely by his grace, how could I possibly not forgive what others might do to me? Well, understanding forgiveness is important so we can understand how to forgive others, how to live this way, how to treat others the same way we've been treated. And we talked to you last time about the fact we can, you can forgive. A man asked me one time, he said, Brother Rick, could you talk to me a minute? I, I have somebody I, I, I must forgive. Uh, and I said, no, 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 that, that's not it. It's not that you have somebody you must forgive, you have somebody you can Forgive. You see, the grace of God, not simply coming and putting a requirement on you, but putting an enablement within you. Uh, You can deal with the wrongs that are done to you. You can do just what God says to do. You can send them away to Calvary. Uh, You can put the issue to rest. You can understand that the account has been settled, and you cannot hold those things against others. Now remember that that we talked about what forgiveness is not, and frankly, one of the reasons that people don't exercise and live in this in this wonderful uh, attitude of forgiveness is is often because they they don't understand what forgiveness is because they misunderstand what it is not. Forgiveness is not justifying other people's behavior. Forgiveness is not uh, excusing something that someone has done to you. It's not explaining away their behavior. It isn't even asking God to forgive them. It's not understanding them. It's not forgetting what they did. It's not asking uh, them to forgive you. It's not denying that, that you've been hurt by what they did or that you've been sinned against or wronged. It's it's not going to someone and telling them that, that you've forgiven them. None of those things is forgiveness. Forgiveness, now get this clearly in your understanding, forgiveness is choosing to give up resentment. When someone has wronged me, I simply give up my right to get even with them. You see, true forgiveness is a decision based on an act of your will, done by faith before God, in which you give up the right to hold another person accountable for the wrong that they've done. And that's important that you understand exactly what forgiveness is, because when you understand what it is, then you can understand that you can do it, but not only can you do it, you can be the first to do it. You see, forgiveness sets us free. Forgiveness liberates us from the the person or the thing that has wronged us, that has offended us, that has hurt us. We all carry about, my friend, the the, the baggage of emotional scars wherein we've been hurt and damaged and, and, and offended. That's natural. We have, a, we have a natural reaction. Either we, we get angry or we internalize uh, the, the anger and we, we get resentful. Uh, anger, by the way, is not a sin. Paul says, be angry and sin not. It's how you handle the anger that is the sin. Can make it sin. You see, if you couldn't get angry about something, you, you anger is a motivator. Anger and fear are great motivators, just as love and hate are. And, and there, there are just as there are some things that we're to hate, and there are some things that we're to love. There are some things that we're to fear, and there's some things we're to be angry about. And anger is not in itself a sinful emotion. Uh, That's why Paul says, be angry and sin not. Handle the anger. Focus the anger on the problem, not the person. Respond to the anger properly. Let anger be a motivator to cause you to go and deal with the issue, but you deal with it on the basis of God's grace to you, not on the basis of human viewpoint and what you want to do or how you feel about it. And forgiveness sets you free. Uh, if you're unwilling to forgive someone and exercise this wonderful divine operating asset of grace, well, then then, then the problem binds you to the person or, or the event that you refuse to forgive. They're like a hook in your jaw that you never can get away from. Forgiveness is what releases you from emotional bondage and mental bondage to the offender or to the offense. That's why forgiveness is a key element in the issue of emotional stability. Uh, the, the whole issue of, uh, of, of our lives as believers. And this is where uh, salvation gets into our experience, our identity of who we are in Christ gets into our experience in life when we begin to apply our identity as forgiven people to the relationships that we have about us. Forgiving is the path to reconciliation it's not the same as reconciliation sometimes though you would exercise forgiveness reconciliation isn't possible because reconciliation takes two people two individuals willing to put the matter back together but forgiveness is for you to put the issue to rest to settle the matter where you are ready and prepared for reconciliation thus forgiveness is the basis for restored relationships that's why Paul says here if any man have a quarrel with another forbearing one another and forgiving one another if any man have a quarrel with any he understood that we're going to have you know you rub your hands together and you get a little heat friction it's called paul understood that in human relationships even among believers in a local assembly at colossae he understood that personal relationships sometimes would be bruised, and we do things to one another that offend and upset, and therefore we are free to have reconciliation and to to grow beyond the problems by the exercise of forgiveness, forbearing one another and forgiving one another. If any man have a quarrel, you can assume you're going to have quarrels. Um, you'll have them in your marriage. You'll have them among your family. You'll have them among your neighbors. You'll have them in the local assembly. It's how you deal with them. And the first issue in dealing with them is forgiveness. Now, we've already seen, and I remind you today, that there are four sort of prerequisites to, to minister uh, and to practice a forgiving spirit. Number one, you've got to be saved. You you need to understand what it means to be a forgiven person. Then you need to have the assurance of your salvation. You need to be confident in the forgiveness that God has given you in Christ, that it is total and that it is complete and that it is your present possession, that you are completely and totally forgiven because the cross completely dealt with all of your sins. And you understand that it's not given to you in a piecemeal way, but that you have complete, total forgiveness of all of your sins, past, present, and future. Then you need to know and have confidence in your acceptance with God. You need to understand that your forgiveness is unconditional. It's given to you on the basis of grace, not on the basis of your performance, on the basis of what you do, on the basis of your merit, but it's all given to you on the basis of what Jesus Christ did. That makes it a wonderful thing understanding that that you're saved that your forgiveness is complete and total and that your acceptance before God is in Christ not in yourself it's unconditional not based on a performance that you do but upon the work that he did then you 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 have to face the issue of surrender you have to make a conscious decision to give God absolute ownership of your life as his child not telling God what what you're, you're, you're willing to do for him, but telling God that he can do anything he wishes with you. Now, that's what Romans 12 is talking about when He says, present your bodies a living sacrifice. He says, I beseech you, therefore, brethren, I ask of you, brethren, by the mercies of God, on the basis of what God has done for you that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. Now, you could never make yourself holy, could you? You could never make yourself acceptable to God. You've tried, you've failed. How do you become holy? Well, God makes us holy in Christ. How do we become acceptable to God? We're accepted in the beloved. You see, he's talking about presenting yourself to God, surrendering yourself to him on the basis of the identity that God gives you in his Son. Just make a conscious choice to live in the light of the reality of who God says you are in his Son. Make a conscious decision to give God that absolute ownership of your life that he created you in Christ to have. He says, "...by grace are you saved through faith that not of yourself." It's the gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast." For we are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus unto good works which God before ordained that we should walk in them. You see, we've been created in Christ as new creatures, live in that new identity that God has given us in his Son. That's how we learn and we we apply and we practice the ministry of forgiveness to others. Now, our natural tendency in life is to is to process things by thinking about them, deciding how we feel about it, and then taking actions based on our feelings. Did you notice at Romans 12, when he says, present yourself a living sacrifice, wholly acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service, he goes on to say, and be not conformed to this world, but be transformed, listen now, by the renewing of your mind. You know, if you're listening to this radio station today, you probably have, if you're listening to this Bible study program, you probably have some interest in doing God's will. If you're a child of God, I know that you, you're concerned about that. Christian people worry about things that uh, non believers don't worry about, you know. You worry about doing God's will, pleasing God, having your life be acceptable to Him. And we don't want to be conformed to the world, but we want to be transformed, now, what religion does is it gives you a list of rules and regulations and says if you live up to that, and you'll be okay. And God says you try that and you just fail. Now, you know you'll just fail because you've tried it and you've failed, haven't you? <laughs> you know that. But you notice this verse tells you, not. it doesn't tell you live up to these standards. It doesn't say don't be conformed to this world, but be transformed, period. It tells you how that transformation comes, by the renewing of your mind. Now, you have to understand there is a thinking process, a, a, a thinking process based upon a renewed way of looking at things, a re-educated mind, educated in what? Educated in the grace of God. Paul says the grace of God that appears, uh, that brings salvation has appeared to all men, teaching us, teaching us that denying ungodliness and worldly lusts, there is be not conformed to this world, that we should live soberly, righteously, and justly, and, 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 and godly. There is, be not conformed to this world, but be transformed. See that? How does it come? It comes by putting on this this mind that is renewed. Be renewed in the spirit of your mind, in the understanding. Have some doctrinal understanding. Now, that's not our natural way. Naturally, we think about something, and then we decide how we feel about it, and then we take action based on the way we feel about it. Now, that is a is a process that gets you into, into trouble, isn't it? Your feelings are, are seldom right. In fact, can I say to you, and I'll not try to be unkind, but I'll just say it plainly because time gets away, your feelings are dumb. Your feelings are, well, they're just plain stupid, frankly. Uh, your feelings can't distinguish between the true and the false. They can't distinguish between past, present, and future. They can't distinguish between reality and fantasy. When I sit down in front of a a monster movie or a horror movie, a Frankenstein movie, I can remember when I was just a a youngster, uh, 10, 11 years old, I went to a a movie. Uh, My dad took my brother and I to the Loop Theater in Mobile, Alabama. We got out and went up to the theater window, paid our 90 cents, and that tells you how long ago it was. And we went in and watched a Frankenstein movie. And I can remember uh, when the monster came on the, the screen getting so afraid that I literally got down on the floor and tried to crawl underneath the, the seat there in the theater as a child. And that event so anchored itself in my emotional psyche that today, over 40 years later, I can still remember the exact event. I can remember the, the, the grunge of the floor under the seat and the, the, the sense and the smell and the horror of it. Now, when the movie was over, the lights came on, everybody applauded and went home because it wasn't real. But 40 years later, my emotions still can be distraught by it. You see, emotions can't distinguish between fantasy and reality, they're, they're dumb. They don't know how to do that. They can't distinguish between something that's true. I mean, it was just a movie. <laughs> you know, someone says, well, I feel so. Well, that's just, oh, wow, I felt real bad, but it was just a movie. It wasn't what reality was. And yet my emotions couldn't tell the difference between whatever I, what, what you're thinking, what you're projecting onto the screen of your mind is what your emotions respond to. Because emotions are, they're not just dumb, they are responders. They respond to what you think. Now, you don't have to follow this process of thinking and then letting your emotions tell you how you feel and then taking actions based on how you feel. The way you are designed by God to operate is for you to think about something. But think about it from a renewed mind perspective. Have godly thinking. Where do you get that? You get that out of the Word of God, rightly divided. You have your mind fortified with sound doctrine. Then you take action through faith in Christ, through faith in God's Word, through faith in what the Bible says is true. And then godly emotions, not emotions authored by your old sin nature to make you feel shame and rejection or pride and and, and so forth, but godly emotions will follow. The proper way of conducting life is is to think about it, think based upon truth, take action based upon faith in truth, and then have your feelings be the servants of your will. Your feelings are not designed to sit upon the throne of your life. They're designed to be the willing servants of your will. And your will is designed to operate based upon the truth of God's Word rightly divided. You don't have to follow the process of thinking, feeling, and acting out of your feelings. But there's a crisis of your will that 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 is required. Um, there, there's a surrender of your will to the truth of God's Word, that, to making the proper decision regardless of how you feel about it. You see, you can short-circuit your emotions and put them aside and do what you think. Take your actions based out of your thinking. How do I know that? The alarm clock goes off on Monday morning. Do you always feel like getting up? hot dog. It's another week. I get to go to work this morning. Well, most of the time you probably don't feel that way, but do you get up anyway? Certainly you do. You get up and you go to work and you do the things that you have to do, whatever they might be. Why? Because there is something beyond your feelings that you're living by. You've made a conscious choice of your will to do something based upon a thinking process, and you look at your emotions and say, I won't I'll lay you aside, and I'll do what I've decided to do. You see, you can do it. Now, forgiveness has nothing to do with our emotions, because forgiveness is not an emotion. Forgiveness is a choice of faith. Get a hold of that. It's not how you feel. It's how you choose to respond to the truth of God's Word. That's the issue. You don't have to labor to change your feelings. You submit your will to the Word of God and to the truth of God, and you'll find that your feelings will come in line with the actions that you take. So you think like God thinks. As Christ forgave you, understand how he forgave you, so do you take action based on faith in the truth of what God says. And then you'll find that your life responds and, 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 and uh, uh, progresses in the course of godliness, and godly emotions can follow after that. That's why Paul says, whatever you do, in word or deed, do all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God and the Father by Him. You see, it says we live out of the gratitude to God for His goodness to us that life takes on uh, the the uh, uh, the the capacity to honor and glorify Him. Let me give you a free Bible study tape about forgiveness that I, I I know will help you. Learning to forgive is the key to emotional stability. It's the key to freedom from the tyranny of emotional revolt. It's the key to in, to ongoing relationships with others. It's the key to personal peace. My friend, you can move from the malaise of the misery of self-absorbed self-pity. To the, to the marvel of the ministry of the grace of God by learning and, and resting and, and, and rejoicing in the privilege of forgiving. The freedom, the peace, the victory, the reconciliation that God gives us in Christ can be applied in the relations of your life, and you can choose to be the first to do it. You can choose by faith, not based on the actions of others, but by faith in what God says to do and rejoice in this grace also. Let me give you this free Bible study tape, Be the First to Forgive. Simply call us here at our toll-free number, 888-535-2300. That's 888-535-2300. And request your free copy of the, the tape on forgiveness. Uh, the title is uh, Be the First to Forgive. That's the title of the Bible study. I'd like to put it in your hands. It's be my gift to you, uh, my contribution to you to help you gain the peace and the freedom and the and the joy that is in, in Christ for you In your daily life, be the first to forgive. If you've ever struggled with the issue of forgiveness, of being forgiven or of forgiving others, this is a Bible study you need in your life. You call us here, 888-535-2300. That's the number to call. We'll be glad to give it to you, see that you get a copy of this study. If you would rather, or or you do surf the web, we're on the Internet at graceimpact.org. Graceimpact.org is the website. If you'd like to use snail mail, you can, of course, write me at The Riches of Grace, Post Office Box 97, Bloomingdale, Illinois, 60108. That's Box 97, Bloomingdale, Illinois, 60108. Easiest thing to do is just get on the horn, call call the toll-free number, 888-535-2300. And the folks that answer the phone will be glad to, uh, uh, to see that you get your copy of uh, Be the First to Forgive. And by the way, uh, I've said to you before, this study is a part of a six-hour teaching uh, series on Forgiveness Matters. That's the title of the the teaching series. Uh, That series sells for $16. I can't give you that. But the folks that answer the phone can tell you how that you could uh, order a copy of of the six hours of teaching if you're interested in that. But get the free study regardless, 888-535-2300. You may know someone that needs to hear that information that we've talked about today, 888-535-2300. That's the number to call to get your copy of the Bible study. I also want you to know that there are folks in your area meeting right here where you live, right where you're listening to this radio station this weekend. Who rejoice in the message of God's grace? Who rejoice in the in, in, in the, the truth of total forgiveness? Uh, who who uh, rejoice in the the uh, uh, rightly dividing the word of truth? Who enjoy and make the grace life the issue in their in their assembly? If you don't have an assembly to attend this weekend in your life for your yourself and your family to participate in, where the Word of God is taught rightly divided, where the message of grace is clearly proclaimed, and where the grace life is the issue, then let me put you in touch with these folks. Friend, if you don't have that kind of an assembly for you to be in or for your family to be in, you're robbing yourself and your family if you have one. And these folks would do you good. In fact, they're doing you good right now. They're the ones who put this uh, radio program on this station. And uh, pay for the airtime so that I can be here teaching and you can be there listening. You call us and I'll put you in touch with them. And uh, I, I assure you, you'll you'll be profited when you fellowship together with other believers around the wonderful message of God's wonderful grace to us in Christ. The number to call, again, is 888-535-2300. We're certainly happy to have you listening with us today. I, I hope you're telling other folks about the studies and getting them listening in with you. Be a little missionary and, and help us get the word out. Till we meet again the same time next week. It's always my pleasure and my privilege to look forward to that. Until then, Maranatha. I want to.
0: and prominent newscasts think they know what's right. It's loud out there. But how do you know what to believe? Who actually knows what they're talking about? Don't get lost in the noise. Tune in to the voice of truth and leave the confusion behind. Choose clarity over chaos and sound reason over boisterous claims. Listen to the word. It doesn't have to be loud to be right. AM 990 and FM 101.5. The Word. I'm Michael Easton with Fellowship Financial Group. Don't let too much of the year fly by without making sure you have a financial plan to get you through retirement. Chat with us live right now at fellowshipfinancial.com. That's fellowshipfinancial.com. Investment advisory services offered Fellowship Investment Advisor. So registered investment advisor. A bigger and stronger voice for God's word is now here. 50,000 watts. AM 990 and FM 101.5. The word. WTLN Orlando. Where faith comes by hearing. Portions of this broadcast hour are pre recorded. Make It Clear Ministries has sponsored this Make It Clear broadcast.